You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, a show in which we read books by black authors and they are talked about by a black author. And you can listen if you're black or not black or whatever you are. You are uh, you are welcome to listen. This week we are talking about Type Scenes, a book by Rodney A. Brown, a book of prose poems. And... We are going to hop right in here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to briefly give a description of the book. Try not to give anything away. Then I'm going to talk about how I think you should read the book. How I think I should have read the book myself, which I didn't do. So learn from my mistakes if it is in fact a mistake. And then I'm going to talk about some things I like from the book. And then I'm going to end the podcast. Okay, so uh, the first thing is a brief description of the book. This book is an experimental piece of poetry. They are a series of prose poems, and they attempt to offer a view of the black experience through experimental prose poems. I'm being careful because I don't want to give anything away because it would bleed into my second point. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about what the book is about. All right. Um. And then that's going to take me to my second point, which is the introductions and how you should read this book. I believe the way you should read this book is to jump directly in, skip the three introductions, um, one of which is done by a professor, one of which is done by the publisher, Jonathan Pinton, and one of uh, one of which is done by the author. And uh, it's not exactly an introduction. The author has a has several introductory statements, let's say, at the beginning of the book. The reason I am advocating that you simply hop right into the book is I feel like what happens by reading the introduction is that you are, whether negatively or positively, you are shaded a certain way. You are primed for an experimental piece of prose poetry, which is fine. I mean, it's okay to know that it's it's experimental, but I don't think you should know anything else about it. I think you should hop in and read and see if the work snatches you up. And then if you're snatched up by the work, I think you should go back and read the introductions and engage with the work on a different level now that you know more, and then go back and reread the work. Uh, that's typically what I do anyway. When I read a book, I like to skip any introduction, particularly if the book is an old one and and the introduction is written like 70 years after the fact and the person is explaining to you what the book is about. I really dislike that um, because obviously that introduction wouldn't have, wouldn't have existed 70 years ago. Okay, that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that you're about to read a piece of experimental prose poetry and... Uh, this professor who has a relationship with Rodney A. Brown and Jonathan Pinton want to, and the author want to, um, the author, Rodney Brown, they want to uh, prime you, get you ready for what you're about to experience. Because maybe some people don't, you know, they're going into this thinking, I'm going to be reading traditional 
straight up poetry um or something you know sonnets or a villanelle or something like that and that's not what's about to happen you're about to have a experimental experience so you know you i think just hop directly into the work and by the way not just my opinion kind of the opinion of the people who wrote their introduction so the professor who wrote the first introduction he opens his introduction by so let me stop here and just say if you are interested if i have whetted your appetite stop the podcast immediately go buy the book and read it now all right don't listen to anything else i'm about to say so that i won't color anything you say or anything you think about the work all right so if that's the case stop now all right if it's not the case continue uh in the professor's introduction he opens by saying what follows is a mere thought experiment it is not meant to express the whole the best or even a very useful or important approach to the poet and the poems now that being said and then he continues so uh, the professor's introduction is interesting i did like it but it's not meant to um you know to explain too much right it's just a thought experiment okay then jonathan penton's uh, introduction his introduction starts out the first thing you need to know about type scenes is that you can dance to it now i'll come to that later i would argue that that is actually a pretty important line but again you could find that out after and it would be just as important and later on in the introduction uh mr pen says you know you, you could skip these introductions and go directly into the work and i really do think that is the best way okay and uh so so the point just being that you can engage with this work without having an introduction into the work and that's not a um Oh, I dislike this phrase. It's not a hot take. That's a take that uh, even the people who are writing these introductions also share. So then let's go directly into the work. All right. So what is it? Again, if you've not read it now, it's too late. Okay. Um, so that's your spoiler alert warning. What is this work about and what does it do and how does it uh, show the black experience? Okay. So we're going to go to the third introduction to explain what this work is about. So, um, because it's called type scenes and really what these type scenes are are they are a type of um scene haha <laughs> no they are a snapshot of the black experience and then it's several snapshots so it's kind of like how you see a film at 24 frames per second each little frame right you don't notice it but once they're taken all together and strung together very quickly all of a sudden it creates a picture that's what's happening here is that you're getting I would argue that not each little section of the poem, but each little, but each sentence of the poem is is a frame, and then these frames are all strung together very quickly, and then all of a sudden, if you if you read it at a good clip, it creates a picture, it creates a picture um, of the black experience, and that's what happens. And then to use the poet's words from uh, the introduction, I am reading here. When read together, these experiences create some singular convent of blackness out of which narrative repetitions of black lived experiences can be analyzed and then arranged into something of a singular preeminent creative project that is an otherwise doing for ourselves now and one another now what no one has ever done for us. And when uh, the poet wrote repetitions of black lived experiences, they wrote in parentheses, Oral histories become folktales or poems as type scenes. So repetitions of black lived experiences. Oral histories become folktales or poems as type scenes. So 
that's like the crux of the book. Repetitions throughout this poem are oral histories. These each sentence, its own very compact, tight oral history, which is a folktale, which is a poem, which is a type scene. Okay, let's skip ahead a little bit into what the poet says, maybe about a page later. A single, I'm, I'm skipping here. Imagine there are ellipses at the beginning of this. A single voice in a large constellation of voice stories held together by black Americans' primary source legacy of living through trauma. A piece of autobiography, a perspective in black life, type scenes of black living. So there's kind of this understood web this understood connectiveness held together by primary source legacy of living through trauma that runs as a current throughout this book. And you kind of got to perceive that that's there. And again, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but if you just hop into the poem and read, it's possible to sense that connectiveness. And then if you go back and then read these introductions and then read the poem again, it's ever more present. Uh, but either way, you're aware of this connective tissue that is holding this poem together, right? With these little staccato sentences. Okay. So let's talk about these staccato sentences and repetitions. Uh, so what I like about the poem and what is, what is the poem is repetitions. That is the poem. Um, over and over again, we're getting this word enter, enter. Enter. And when I say we're getting it over and over again, I mean it is in almost every sentence of the poem. We're getting the word enter. So that's one kind of repetition. Then there are a few different lines that are repeated throughout the poem. I don't really want to get into what those lines are because I want to leave it to you to go in and experience those lines for yourself. But very much this idea of repetitions exists throughout the poem. And just as the mission statement I'm going to call the author's introduction more of a mission statement. Just as the mission statement mentions that repetitions are oral histories, are poems, are type scenes, that's what you're getting here by the constant use of the word enter and the uh, other uh, phrases and words that are repeated throughout the poem. And that repetition builds on itself and you you feel the poem getting to a to a place. It's it's moving towards somewhere as you're reading it. So that's one thing I like and that is just true of the poem. And the second thing that I really like about this poem is that uh, that word enter. So the professor at the beginning of the book has his own ideas about the word enter. And my idea about the word enter, and maybe this is colored by having watched... Um, on YouTube, uh, Rodney A. Brown's performance, Immediate Dances, score number three of his poem. Um, but what I like about it is that word enter seems to imply, and I think this is, I, I really believe this is what's happening here. Enter is like the stage, not the stage of immediate scenes, not, not the stage in the video, not the actual physical stage, but like the mental stage. Enter these scenes into your head, right? They are type scenes, right? So enter these things into your head. They are entering like a player or an actor enters onto a stage and exit as they exit off stage left or right. Or in this case, not everything exits. A lot of things enter. 
so many things eventually enter on stage and are woven into the fabric of the performance that it all becomes part of the narrative. And that narrative is the lived black experience. So I really like that aspect of the poem. It feels like a there's a mental stage space that has been created by the world of the poem. Beyond that, it must be said about this poem. So let's go back once more to the introduction. Jonathan Pinton tells us that this poem can be danced to. And in the, in the introduction, Rodney A. Brown tells us that this is not merely a poem. It is a choreo poem. Uh, I don't know about you, but I knew nothing about choreo poems. So I'm going to read directly from the internet. A choreo, a choreo poem is a form of dramatic expression that combines poetry, dance, music, and song. Which really means that you're not going to get everything that this poem has to offer by reading it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't read it, and it doesn't mean that you can't get what it's offering by reading it. But everything that it has to offer would come through a live performance. So you can go to uh, typescenes.com and watch a performance of part of the poem, and it gives you an idea of what what would what a what a full performance would be like. But hopefully, and I saw this yesterday on the on the Unlikely Stories Facebook page, they're trying to raise money to do a live show for this uh for this book and that would be great to see because i would like to i would like to see this poem fully realized as a choreo poem um and i'd like to see everything that goes along with that all right so this book type scenes is available on unlikelystories.com uh i would also advise so i would advise you to read it I'd advise you to go to the introduction after you read it. And then after that, go to the website, um, either Unlikely Stories or go to typescenes.com and that you can from there get to the YouTube video, um, Immediate Dances, score number three, in which you can uh, check out the, the poem being performed. And it'll give you a better idea of exactly what the poem is um, or what the poem can be in its full form and then we are going to take two weeks for the next podcast because i'm going to read two books um and i'm about to butcher two names so that's good okay so the books i'm going to read are the first one is julius nayeri's the first julius nayeri oh man the first president of tanzania going to read his book his essays on socialism and then as a, to, to fill in the blanks of what I don't know, which will be everything about Julius Nayeri's uh, personal life, I'm going to read a short biography by uh, Paul Bjork, who is not black, um, but has written three books about Julius Nayeri and seems to be uh, uh, an expert on, uh, on the man. Um, but uh, Nayeri's essays on socialism are his own and... They're available in Swahili. I will be reading them in English. I do not read Swahili, uh, unfortunately. So that'll be in two weeks because I got to read two books and I'm excited about it. All right. And, and, and that's not, I'm not just saying that. I'm really excited about reading these uh, Julius Nairi books. Uh, it's going to be great. But uh, all right, that's it for this week. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay black and keep reading.